I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. What does it mean to be a man after God's own heart? Especially when you break both the sixth and seventh commandments of God, as King David did so famously. Perhaps a good place to start is by asking, is my heart in tune with the things that please and displease God? Does the conviction of sin lead me to godly repentance? Psalm 51 records David's heartfelt confession, the words of a broken man in hot pursuit of lost intimacy with the Almighty. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. He began his life as a forgotten young shepherd boy and became the most celebrated king the nation of Israel ever had. Hello and welcome into this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. I'm Brian Davis, thanks for stopping by. Well, as a boy, David slayed a giant. As a young man, he slayed thousands of enemies in battle. But this man, after God's own heart, made his fair share of mistakes along the way. Today, Ron takes us to the life of one of the greatest heroes of the Christian faith as he continues his teaching series, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. From Psalm 51, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, David, a broken man after God's own heart. Carl Menninger was an American psychologist who uh, also founded the famous Menninger Clinic in Topeka, Kansas. In 1973, he wrote what became a best-selling book titled, Uh, Whatever Became of Sin. Now, it's an interesting title, and it's a provocative title. I'm not sure that that title would pass through the editorial team at a major Christian publisher today. I'm not sure they would take the risk on a book titled, Whatever Became of Sin. But Dr. Menninger back in the early 70s wrote that book, and and it was uh, quite successful. Dr. Menninger, of course, is a medical professional. He's a scientist, and he understands how important it is to diagnose things properly. If you don't diagnose things properly, you end up with uh, inefficient and ineffective remedies. He also understood the difference between root causes and symptoms, whether you're talking about a... uh, a mental illness or a a physical illness. And Dr. Menninger believed that the root cause of all of our illnesses, whether they're physical illnesses or mental illnesses, gets back to sin, the breaking of God's moral laws. The consequences of doing that has made us unhealthy, broken, well, let's just say it, cracked pots. Okay, And Dr. Menninger went all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and to the fall of man to explain uh, the root causes of of our brokenness. We're in a series of messages called Cracked Pots. 
how the glory of God shines through our brokenness. And um, we've, we've come to a character in the Bible that, um, that is worth studying around this subject, uh, King David. I call him a broken man after God's own heart. Before we get to that, though, you know, David is one of these guys who's a great hero of the faith, is he not? I mean, you can almost hear the cheers that were uh, given on behalf of David many, many years ago, all, dating all the way back to 2 Samuel and the early chapters there. Usually when we think of David, we think of David and Goliath, right? Uh, the mighty Philistine champion who came out and for 40 days and 40 nights just breathed out all kinds of uh, hatred and, and, and threats against the people of Israel. And all of the soldiers of Israel were intimidated by them until uh, young David came. And, and David was a small kid, and he was ruddy, had red hair, and uh, David couldn't wear Saul's armor, right? And he, he took that sling, put some smooth stones in it, and flung that that uh, sling and hit Goliath right there in the forehead, and mighty, mighty Goliath falls over. And David was a hero after that. The cheers were, oh, Saul had slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And David's uh, heroism just shot off like a rocket ship to the moon after that. So when we think of David, you know, we also think of, 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 of the Davidic line. The Messianic line comes through the line of David. We can also talk prophetically about the throne of David, how Jesus Christ will one day return and sit upon the throne of David in Jerusalem. Uh, there's more editorial space in the Old Testament given to King David than perhaps any other king. I mean, David is a, is a huge figure. But as much as we think about King David and uh, David and Goliath and the throne of David and the messianic line through David, we also remember David and, yeah, Bathsheba. It's kind of the dark part of the story. 2 Samuel chapter 11, it was springtime when kings go out to battle, and David stayed home in Jerusalem, the Bible says. Uh, the implication in the way the story starts is David was in a place he shouldn't have been. He should have been out on the battlefield uh, fighting the battles that kings fight, but instead he was home alone got bored one night and started walking out on the balcony of the king's palace, and his eye caught a bathing beauty over here named Bathsheba. And I don't need to go into all the sordid details. We know the story. And the message today is not so much a diagnosis on how you go from a blessed life to a broken life. I want to pick it up where David is broken. But what's interesting, before we get there, the larger arc of David's life in the Bible is, uh, describes him as a man after God's own heart. I mean, David is a guy who, who wrote the Psalms, and, and, and you know, you just, you, just, you just read his life and his story, and he, he is pursuing hard after the God of Israel. Acts chapter 13 and verse 22 says, and when he had removed him, that is he being God, had removed King Saul, God raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. 
How do we reconcile that with the God who knows everything? You know, he never, you know he, he's completely uh, omniscient, especially with David's, David's dark side. I, I want to focus on that time not so much of how do you go from blessed to broken, but how do you go from broken to blessed again? Is there ever an opportunity that when you find yourself broken as a result of your own sin, is there a pathway back to blessed again? David's going to help us with that. Psalm 51 is going to help us uh, with that. I said earlier in this message titled Cracked Pots that we're all cracked pots. We're all jars of clay. We're earthen vessels. How amazing it is that God places His treasure within us, His treasure in jars of clay. Uh, sometimes we're broken and we're chipped and we're cracked and we're wounded because of, well, let's just say somebody else's sin against us or somebody else's sin that has a ripple effect into our life. Sometimes that's, that's the reason we're broken. But I want to I focus today on another reason for our brokenness, and that is when, when we have sinned against God. David had nobody to blame but himself. He had broken God's moral law. And in Psalm 51, we have the description of David who is a broken man after God's own heart. David made a mess of his life when he broke the sixth and seventh commandments, the one about adultery. And then they always say, you know, the cover-up is worth, worse than the crime itself. Uh, he tried to cover it up by sending Bathsheba's husband Uriah to the front lines of battle. And he knew that Uriah would die. So he breaks the commandment about adultery and then breaks the commandment about murder. Uh, just made a, a mess of his life. How do you go from brokenness to blessing? Psalm 51, verse 17, David says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite spirit, O God, you will not despise. David was a broken man. It took a while for him to get there. Actually, it took about 12 months, 365 days or so. Because between 2 Samuel chapter 11, that describes, you know, the liaison with Bathsheba, and chapter 12, when Nathan the prophet confronts David and says, you the man, and that whole thing, 12 months had passed. And sometime after that, the writing of two psalms we have in the book of Psalms that relate to um, this scene and this dark side of David. That's Psalm 51 and then the corollary, Psalm 32. So we'll go back and forth a little bit. But how do you go from, from broken to blessed? Up next, the second half of Dr. Ron Jones' message, David, a broken man after God's own heart. If you're listening to Something Good Radio for the first time, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. It's our way of saying thanks for being part of our radio listening family. Stop by our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and click the I'm New icon at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. 
While you're there, share your prayer request with us by clicking on the Explore tab at the top of the homepage, then scrolling down to the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. Like many of us, King David went from blessedness to brokenness. The question is, how can we get back to blessedness? Find out next in the rest of today's message, David, a broken man after God's own heart. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Is anybody here today feeling like a cracked pot, broken because of your own sinful choices, and you're wondering if, if God can, can make anything out of that brokenness? Uh, let's, let's learn from David in Psalm 51, verses 1 through 10 about the pathway back. First thing to do is to face up. Face up to what you've done. Verse 1 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions, David says. Wash me thoroughly from my sin and cleanse me from my sin. Uh, this is a David who is broken, but he is now facing up to what he has done. I almost say that figuratively and literally, literally because I imagine David over this past year, um, his countenance has changed. In conversations with people, his head drops and maybe his face goes downward in shame because he knows what he has done. But now the road back means I need to face up, in part lift up my face and, and get face to face with God again. And when he does, he pleads for mercy, have mercy on me, O God. Of all the character traits that we could talk about that the God of the Bible possesses, I find it interesting that David appeals to one and only one. Uh, well, the love of God is in there too, but primarily to the mercy of God. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. David, is a, he's facing up to what he has done, and he is appealing, appealing to the mercy of God. Now, we need to understand the difference between the grace of God and the mercy of God. They're really two sides of the same theological coin. Grace has to do with God, God giving us something we do not deserve. We understand salvation to be by grace and through faith. Ephesians says, that not of ourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We sing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, and so on and so forth. God's grace is Him, out of the abundance of His generosity, giving us something, salvation, the forgiveness of our sins, a home in heaven, sonship, all of that, uh, something that we do not deserve. Mercy, on the other hand, is God withholding something from us that we do deserve, namely the punishment for our sins. And David here appeals to the mercy of God. Basically what he's doing as he faces up is he's saying, I'm guilty as charged. Why? Because only a guilty person appeals to the court for mercy. Think of a criminal on death row. And, um, you know, their, their attorney works uh, a plea for clemency. For, for mercy at the 11th hour, the mercy of the state, the mercy of the governor or even the president of the United States, they're looking for clemency, having been found guilty as charged. 
There's no plea agreement in David. There's no, uh, no contest or not guilty. He's saying, I am guilty, and I need your mercy, O God. Now, David does sort of a 360 on his sin here. You ever done a 360 analysis where you look at something from all sides? David does this with his sin because there are three words translated from the Hebrew here that have something to do with sin. It's the word transgression in verse 1, and then in verse 2 you have the word iniquity and the word sin. The word transgression speaks of crossing a, a forbidden boundary. David says, um, have mercy on me, O God, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgression. He's acknowledging that he has crossed over a boundary he should not have crossed over. I believe he has the Ten Commandments in mind here, the Sixth, the Seventh Commandment. That is God's moral boundary, his moral law expressed in the Ten Commandments. And David says, I've crossed over that line. I went where I shouldn't have gone. And he's pleading God's mercy, and he says, blot out my transgression. He's asking for God to remove it from the written record so that nobody can ever bring it up again. And then he uses the word iniquity. Uh, the word really means perversion. It's the word that translated here theologians use to talk about the depravity of humanity. Again, diagnosis is important here. Dr. Menninger said that. He knew the importance of of, of diagnosing things properly. Otherwise, you end up with, with ineffective self-help remedies. If you don't diagnose humanity properly, you, you won't get an effective remedy. And, and here, he uses a word here that describes the depravity of humanity, the total and complete corruption of his, of his humanity. Think of it as a, um, a laptop computer. Have you ever had the experience of you open up your laptop and it just isn't working very well and you discover you have a virus? That virus has, has corrupted the operating system. What David is saying here by use of this word is my entire operating system is corrupted by sin. Then he uses the word we translate sin. This is the word that describes the missing of a mark, the falling short of something. Think of Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 where the Bible diagnoses our human condition and says, all, not some, but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you have any doubts about that, again, just measure yourself according to something as simple as uh, God's moral law expressed in the Ten Commandments. The Bible says that if you violate even one of them, you violated all of them. It's a pass-fail kind of test. And so David does this 360 analysis on his sin and uh, faces up to what he has done. He has a pretty full understanding of it. Uh, secondly, after you face up, you fess up. Uh, th this involves confession. It involves verbalizing. And, and David goes on in verse 3 to say, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 
Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. This is a full-throated confession. David's, David's fessing up. And I want you to just circle three words at the beginning there of verse 3, for I know. You know, a lot of times when you turn on the television and you see these uh, uh, Washington Capitol Hill subcommittee meetings and the cross-examinations and all of that, and the person in the hot seat will often say, I do not recall. I do not recall. I do not recall. You know, it's, it's Washington speak. David's not playing games here with God. He didn't say, I do not recall. He says, yeah, I know. I know. And he knows four things here. And he confesses them. First of all, he says, I know that I sinned. I know, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. There's no escaping this, David says. I did what I did. I know that I have sinned. you want to go from brokenness to blessedness today? Start by facing up, which means acknowledging your sin. Then fess up, which means confessing your sins to God. We'll pick it up right here next time in part two of Ron's message, David, a broken man after God's own heart. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed something good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. None of us can accomplish God's will without a little help. Today, with your help, Something Good Radio will keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through these radio and internet broadcasts. When you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, Exploring Its Amazing Secrets. To join the 828 Club today, please visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and use the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, we'd love for you to have the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. That's all six messages in Ron's teaching series, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. 
Our gift to you by request for your gift to Something Good Radio. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. I think David's modeling something for us here. You know, face up, fess up, clean up, talk it up. Share your story. It'll encourage somebody else. And you can say to somebody else, listen, I'm not perfect either. I'm just forgiven. I'm a recipient of God's grace and His mercy. Uh, Hopefully, I'm I'm, I'm being redeemed. I'm being sanctified. I'm not what I want to be, but I'm not what I used to be. And let me tell you where I was when I wasn't following him. I was in a broken mess, but he rescued me from that because of the abundance of his mercy and his steadfast love, and he can do the same for you. The answer comes your way tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, David, a broken man after God's own heart. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.